0: Well, hey, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Faith and Friends. Are you having a good December? I sure hope you are. It's just crazy to me that a week from today is Christmas Eve Eve. And as we wrap up this year's conversations, I'm so excited that we get to talk to Shane Pruitt. Shane serves as the National Next Gen Director for the North American Mission Board. And he and his beautiful wife, Cassie, they live in Texas with their six beautiful children, Reagan, Harper, Titus, Morris, Elliot, and Gloria. And Shane has been in ministry for over 20 years. He's done a lot of things from denominational leader, church planter, lead pastor, student pastor, and he has a bachelor's degree in biblical studies alongside a master's degree in history. Shane is the real deal and I have always been encouraged by following him on social media. He is a man with integrity without compromise. And today we're talking about his new book, Calling Out the Called, Discipling Those Called to Ministry Leadership. Shane wrote this book with Scott Pace and I pray that this conversation really encourages you. I think this is really, really a conversation we got to get out before Christmas because this book would be a great present for you or for a friend that is looking into going into ministry. This is a great, great conversation. And I literally told Shane after we finished this conversation, I was like, listen, I feel like I could go run a marathon. I was so hyped. So I hope you have some similar feelings after this conversation as well. So let's dive right in. Oh my goodness, friends, I'm so excited because today we are talking with Shane Pruitt and literally God is so fun because a couple weeks ago we were both at the Lifeway Forum and he did a beautiful breakout session that was so anointed and I'm just so grateful for the way that he speaks the truth in love but it convicts you right to the heart because he knows God's word and it just, you know, it goes straight to it and it penetrates it through bone and marrow and so Shane, seriously, I mean, you've done it all. You've been a church planter, a lead pastor a student pastor, you know your biblical studies and your history from, you know, your degrees and all that goodness. And so you've got this new book out. And so I can't think of a better person to talk to ministry leadership with than you. So thanks for joining us.
1: Oh, Georgia, you're so kind. Thanks for having me on. And uh, before we hit record, I was just saying of all the interviews, I've done recently. This has been the one I've been looking forward to the most. Uh, you're super cool. So I'm just looking to like absorb some of your coolness onto me. That's my prayer request today. But uh, <laughs> hey, thanks for having me on. And then, hey, and, and George, is it, all, you know, just listing all the things we've done, I've done. It just means I'm getting old because I've lived <laughs> long enough to do that. So it just means I'm getting old. Yeah. Experience. So thanks for having me on.
0: And wisdom (laughs) hairs, you know what I'm saying? That's (laughs) what it is. It's experience because this is what we need. Like, this is what I need. I need that wisdom. And I feel like I've always been that kid. Like, even from a young age in high school, I always had friends that were like the greater to older than me. Mm -hmm. And I always am like, why? I just felt like I connected to those people that were a little more grounded and a little further down along in their journey. And so I'm grateful because that's what we need. And that's really what this book is about, calling out the called. Yeah. Discipling those called to ministry leadership and yeah. kind of passing the baton of like, hey, this is what I've learned. This is what we yep. need to do better at. And like, let's go. And so, seriously, tell me about this. Like, how do we know if we're called?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Thanks, Georgia, for letting me talk about it. Yeah, we partnered with our great friends at B Publishing on this book. We've just been blown away by the response already. They've had to do multiple reprints on it wow. um, as it's only they been out for a month, and just blown away by the response. I think we stepped into a void that we knew was there, but we didn't realize how big the void is yeah, yeah. for a new generation of ministry leadership. So, a good friend of mine, Scott Pace, who's a seminary professor. Um, I always say he he brings the smarts, I bring the stories. You know what I mean? Ah, so, I love it.
0: Yeah,
1: so we yeah, we work together on this. And basically, yeah, the heart behind the book is to go, hey, you know, even statistically speaking, according to Barner Research, um, less than 15% of all Protestant ministry leaders now are under the age of 40. Oh, wow. um, and then just the eye test alone through the pandemic, you know, through just so many things going on, burnout, whether it's moral failures people leaving the faith, that there's more men and women leaving ministry leadership than entering ministry leadership. Mm. And so there's this massive void. And here's what we believe. God hasn't stopped calling people to ministry leadership. I think we as current ministry leaders have stopped asking a generation to consider if God's calling them to ministry leadership. So i say we got to get back to calling out the call because God is. And then let's be part of his story of helping equip, disciple, mobilize, a whole generation of ministry leaders for the glory of God and the future of our church. And so people say, well, how do I know I'm called? I just want to say this. You, you are called. All right. Come on. Now let's talk about what that means, you know, mm-hmm. um, in the Bible. And we address this in the book at the very beginning, because we go, what is calling? Cause I feel like that word calling is kind of some spiritual jargon that we throw mm-hmm. around a lot of times and we go, what does that even mean? You know? Yeah. So in the Bible, you see three types of calling. First of all, you see a calling unto God for salvation, right? That we need to be saved. We need to be bought by the blood of Jesus, have the Holy spirit of God. Secondly, um, there's a universal calling on all believers. So let's talk about that. All right. So once you've been bought by the blood of Jesus, you have the Holy spirit of God. There's a universal calling on all believers now, not universalism. That's a heresy, All right? A universal calling on all believers. Meaning this, if you've been bought by the blood of Jesus, you have the Holy spirit of God. You are called to know Jesus and to make Jesus known. If you go back in time, you mentioned church history. I love church history. I'm a church history nerd. All right. Love it. So if you go back in time, say 30 plus years ago, especially in the American church, there was this mindset that only professional Christians could do ministry, right? right? And usually that was the pastor and the staff. They did all the ministry. And the moment they did ministry in a way we didn't like, you know, this is before email. So we'd write them a little letter in Jesus name. You know what I mean? We've mm-hmm. all gotten those, right? <laughs> but about 20 years ago, there was this shift that was a lot of people used as called missional living, right? Now it's kind of like a junk door term, but missional living. And it really, the mindset shifted, go, no, 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 every member a missionary, every member a minister. So then the pendulum shifted to go, no, no, no. Hey, we're all called. And you see that in the Bible, right? You see it. Second Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. I love that. Paul's talking to the whole church. He's not just talking to the elders or the pastors. He's talking to the whole church. So you got 2 Corinthians 5, 17, where it talks about being new creations, right? The oldest pass away. Behold, those come. We are new creations in Christ. Such a beautiful verse. But the very next verse says, and God's given us a ministry of reconciliation. So who did he give the ministry to? All those who are new creations. So you see that universal calling on all of us. Meaning, hey, the ground or the floor between your two feet at any point of the day, that's your ministry. That's your mission field. So the stay-at-home mom, you have a ministry. The doctor, you have a ministry. The university student, you have a ministry. The garbage collector, you have a ministry and a mission field to know Jesus and make Jesus known. But there's a third calling in the Bible that I think in recent years we've gotten away from. Mm -hmm. And it's what we call in the book a unique calling on some. So if you go to Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, I love that. And George, I got my Bible open, so I'm just going to read it if it's no, okay. No, please do. I got mine here too. Let's go, right. let's go, let's go. I got the CSB version here, all right? So in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, you see a universal calling on all believers, but then you see a unique calling on some, and that's the large scale of what we talk about in the book. All right, so in Ephesians 4, 11, it says, um, and, he, and he himself, Gave some, that's the key, there, gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers, verse 12, to what equip the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. So in verse 12, you see a universal calling, right? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. Who are the saints? It's not just a football team in New Orleans. Come on, it's not just people in old paintings with halos around their heads. Yeah. Right, according to the New Testament, if you've been bought by the blood of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit of God, you are a saint of God. And therefore, God has gifted the church, ministries, parachurches, missionaries to what? Equip the saints for the work of ministry. Now. Yeah. universal calling, all saints are called to a work of ministry to know Jesus, to make Jesus known. But in the Bible, you see a unique calling on some mm-hmm. to be leaders. You see that in verse 11, all those leaders to what? equip the saints for the work of ministry. So you see that in the Old Testament through the New Testament, the calling on Jeremiah's life, the calling on Deborah's life, the calling on Phoebe's life, the calling on Paul's life, the calling on Timothy's life, and so on and so on. I think in recent years, We've gotten away from that unique some and we got to get back to that.
0: That's so good. And th- that is the fivefold ministry. We have to get back to that and get under a spiritual covering truly because we have so many people out there even doing digital ministry where they're not under, you know, a pastor or a teacher to yoke themselves up with and get some wisdom and have that. Right. So that, that is so important. And I'm so glad that you, hit that point number two of like the stay-at-home mom, the doctor. It's like yeah. they think, oh, I'm not inside the walls of a church. I'm just doing my nine to five. When really the Lord is like, no, no, no. I actually placed you there to go pray for your patients. I actually yeah, placed right. you there to raise up those kiddos because you have no idea like that could be the next Billy Graham. You know, it's it's just yeah. amazing. And so every day has such purpose. And I think we just have to filter this life through a heavenly lens of Today's not an accident. I'm not an accident. What can I do with what I have right now to share the good news, which is literally, you have literally been saved from your sins? Like, that is the greatest. Like, that's the gospel message, my gosh. Yeah. Is Christmas. For sure. Like, this is yeah. amazing.
1: <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And and one thing I want to make clear, too, Georgia, is that uh, we're not saying that one is a varsity team and one's a JV, that's right? Good. We're yeah, not saying yeah, yeah. one's super Christian and one's just normal Christian. We're just saying, Hey, just different roles, right? Yes. And so we just go, hey, yeah, there's such beauty in the lawyer who says, I'm gonna live on mission yes, yes. in in this in my circle of influence but there's a different calling maybe on the pastor of the church sure. or on a, a women's leader or whatever, you know, and I think what we've done in recent years is we've gotten away from that unique calling on some mm-hmm. to ministry leadership. And I'm going to say, Hey, the pendulum's got to come back to the middle of it and yes. go, Hey, we got to teach all of it. We got to teach, Hey, you need to be called unto the Lord for salvation. Hey, we're all called to know Jesus and make Jesus known, but maybe there's some of you that God is calling to ministry leadership or God's calling to be a full-time missionary. And we want to give you an opportunity to respond to that. And we want to be able to disciple you mm-hmm. and have a pipeline for you to help you walk in the calling that God's given you. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Because I know scripture says that, you know, pastors are judged more harshly and there Mm -hmm. are, you know, different criteria. And so you, you talk about in the book to count the cost of before you step into ministry. And so could you talk about that when you advise your readers about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think even that in counting the cost is going back to calling, you know, to go, cause some people may go, okay, Hey, I get it. I'm called to know Jesus. I'm called to make Jesus known. I'm called to be the church. Yeah. I'm called to love God and love my neighbor mm-hmm. and make disciples. We're all called it. But then you go, how do I know that I'm called to ministry leadership? I was, you know, in the, in the book we covered, there's gotta be three affirmations. And part of that is counting the cost of to go, hey, you don't need to have one of the three. You need to have all three. Mm. Uh, the first one be an inside affirmation, meaning that comes from the Holy Spirit himself. Yeah, like yeah. you need to be called by the Holy Spirit. Always joke. We don't want grandma called leaders. We want God called leaders. Come on. <laughs> meaning like, right? Yeah. yeah you talk about Billy Graham. I go like, there's probably all been an opportunity or a chance where our grandma told us we were going to be the next Billy Graham mm-hmm. or the next Matt Chandler or the next Christine Kane, whatever, you know, like yeah, so we don't yeah. want grandma. I'm all calling this, we want God calling this, right? Yeah, so there's got to be this inside affirmation that only comes from the Holy Spirit Himself. Like even Jeremiah goes, Hey, when I close my mouth, my bones burned within me because mm-hmm. there was this calling of God on his life. And so there's got to be this inside affirmation. Secondly, there's got to be an outside affirmation. And that typically comes from trusted brothers and sisters in Christ in our life. Maybe other leaders, maybe it's our pastor, maybe it's our small group leader, maybe it's friends and family that are trusted, that are walking deeply with Jesus and they're full of the Holy Spirit and they see things in us. Um, I think as leaders, we can play a part in that because if we see something in someone, we need to call it out to go, hey, I see this in you. Do you see it in yourself? Or, hey, you know what? You have this love for the Lord, this love for the word, this love for leading others. You have this ability to lead. You have this love to make disciples. Do you think maybe God's calling you to ministry leadership? Mm -hmm. So sometimes God's going to reveal his calling Um, through other people who speak that into your life. So there needs to be that outside affirmation. And then thirdly, what we call an opportunity affirmation. Mm -hmm. I really believe a calling to ministry leadership, you don't have to chase it because it will chase you, right? (laughs) Uh Like God will come after you in it. Like Jonah tried to run from it. You see that didn't work well for him, you know? (laughs) So like, is God opening doors for you to serve? Is God opening doors for you to lead? Is God opening doors for you to exercise that calling and the gifts that he's given you? So So I think you go, okay, how do I know that I'm called? Do you have that inside affirmation? Do you have outside affirmation from others? Do you have opportunity affirmation? And then count the cost. That's why I say um, you better be called because ministry is not easy. Georgia, one of my favorite things to do is I do a lot of ministry coaching, especially for next-gen leaders. And I always tell them, "Hey, if ministry is easy for you, it's probably because you're taking it easy. Mm. Uh, ministry is not easy. Like ministry is warfare. Yes. Um, now, I'm not saying you should be miserable. Um, I think we <laughs> should have joy and peace in our calling, but it's not." easy. Like if you try to do ministry without the calling of God, you're going to get your face kicked in. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah So counting yeah. the cost to know up front to go, Hey, this is war. Yes. It's not easy. There is this fishbowl syndrome where mm-hmm. eyes are going to be on you. Um, you're going to be held to a higher account. Like you mentioned so well while ago, Georgia. So I think just knowing that up front, Is helpful versus just getting into it and being surprised by it. But I think it all goes back to calling. Is God calling you? Because here's the good news. If God's calling you, he's going to equip you. Uh, A friend of mine says it like this. God pays for what he orders. Mm -hmm. So if God orders you, he's going to resource you, not only financially, but he's going to resource you with his power, uh, Gifts and talents, and so knowing that the Holy Spirit is with you, the Holy Spirit is the power and fuel for everything. Mm-hmm. So, in no, in counting the cost, to know that the Holy Spirit's your companion, you're not doing it alone. The Holy Spirit's your power, and He's the greatest power there is. And the Holy Spirit is your comforter and counselor. Because I'm a big fan of counseling, and we all need, especially ministry leadership, you're going to need some counseling. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is the ultimate counselor in it all. Yes. So,
0: no, that is so good, and and I I just I love. This beautiful holy fear and reverence of the Father. Of coming before him and saying, man, like not my will, but yours be done. And I get the the biggest question I get on Instagram whenever I do that little question boxes is, is, oh, like, how do I lay down my desires for God's like that just seems (laughs) so hard. And before I really, truly understood his heart and had this daily, intentional, intimate walk with him, I probably would have been like, oh, yeah, I know like that. How do you lay it down? But really, it's like, my gosh, when you seek me, you will find me. And that is when you find me, you will find me with all of your heart that talks about in Jeremiah 29 after verse 11 that we all know. And so (laughs) we have to, we have to seek him with our whole heart. And once we do, we realize those desires that he's placed on our heart. Who do you think put them there? Like the one that created you. And so you have this gift of encouragement. You have this gift of speaking. You have this gift of Mm -hmm. loving the word. Like you said, like, I just encourage our friends to like lean into that. And so that's right. As you lean into that, you do that with stories. As you said that Scott does the, what did you say he does?
1: (laughs) I said he brings the smarts. I bring the the smarts.
0: (laughs) That's right. Well, I think you also bring the smarts, but I want to hear about the stories that you say that you bring, because you said that you have a story in in this book I I read on that you have a moment where you realize that you didn't realize you were not being as intentional as you thought you would with this call to evangelism, and so I would love to hear that story and how did your intentionality grow since then?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, early on, so Georgia, I didn't grow up in church. Um, wow. I didn't become a follower of Jesus till I was twenty one. Wow. Um, you know, I grew up in Texas, so yeah. if people would have probably asked me. In my high school years or early college years, if mm-hmm. I was a Christian, I would have probably said yes because I live in Texas. You know what I mean? I'd right, be right. like, Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe in the big man upstairs, yeah, but Bible had no bell. idea what Yeehaw. that meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But had no idea what that meant. So I became a Christian at 21. Mm-hmm. And in high school and college, my Trinity was not father, son, holy spirit. My Trinity was sports. I was an athlete partying and chasing girls. Yeah. And so when God saved me. He saved me out of a lot. So I knew vividly of what it was like to live without Jesus It was much better with Jesus. So I had what I call ignorance on fire, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like Love I had it. the passion and yeah. I was like, God can save me, he can save anybody. But the ignorant side of it is I was probably like overly aggressive. And just like annoying, I hadn't gained a lot of maturity yet. So I was telling all my party and friends, I was telling them every day they were going to hell. Uh, they had thought I lost my mind. You yeah. know, they thought I joined a cult because I grew up in Waco. We kind of have that in our background, you know. So uh-huh. they thought I lost my mind. Um, but here's what I realized is at an early age, like I had this passion for people to know Jesus because I really believe if Jesus could save me, he could save anybody. Yeah. But you know, not long after that, started going to Bible college, you know, mm. and then on the seminary, and got all of these degrees and then started serving in the church and became a church leader and got on staff. And I looked at this and, and go, man, I'm in this deep, deep Christian bubble yeah. and then started going, hey, when's the last time I shared my faith outside the walls of a building? When's oh, the last yeah. time I shared my faith outside of a, a pulpit or on a stage? And I realized I started doing all these like things for the Lord, but uh-huh. I'd really lost my passion for the Lord Himself. Mm. And so it was really like just, for lack like better term, a come to Jesus moment to go, "Wow, yeah. oh, man! I think what we have to remind ourselves, if God has called you to ministry leadership, or even if you're just in the church faithfully serving, is so many times I think we have to remind ourselves before the Lord ever gave us any titles." Before he ever gave us any positions, before he ever put our names on websites or on social media or on business cards, he just called us to walk with Jesus and to walk deeply with Jesus and to serve from the overflow of that. So really, that's the heart even behind every aspect of calling is, Georgia, like, uh, we've had a lot of people that have read the book already go, mm-hmm. hey, y'all's book, it's almost like a spiritual disciplines book.
0: Oh, that's you good. You know, like I, I went
1: to it to go, I, I thought it was a leadership book or I thought it was going to be a ministry book, uh-huh. but it's really a spiritual disciplines book. And we we're like, that's very intentional because I think from the very beginning, when people go, I really felt God calling me to ministry leadership, what should I do? And we were mm-hmm. like, you should walk deeply with Jesus yeah. and let everything come from the overflow of mm-hmm. that. And so really, that was really the the life change in me. I would say going back, you know, five, six years ago to go, man, I really got to get back to walking deeply with Jesus and let everything else come from the overflow of that. And I think, George, it's just being honest. I think that's where we've kind of gotten to, for lack of a better term, some problems mm-hmm. with some of our ministry leaders that we see today. Right? Where I mean, we're all weary of hearing another brother or sister fall morally. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. We're all weary of hearing another brother or sister burn out. Um, you know, uh, even you know, recently seeing Christian leaders completely walk away from the faith, mm-hmm. and you go, "Hey, there's many reasons for that." But I think one of the main reasons is that it's so easy for all of us to stop walking deeply with Jesus and ministry just becomes like a job for us or an occupation, or even our Bible just becomes a tool to write sermons or messages with instead of it being bread that we're eating Mm -hmm. of every day. And so it's a, I think the first thing we need to do in our calling is to learn to walk deeply with Jesus, because typically what we do, Georgia, is I think when people go, hey, I think God's calling me to leadership what should I do? Well, in the past, I can think we defaulted to go, hey, let's figure out what your gift is, right? Hey, let's Mm -hmm. figure out what your talent is. Hey, let's figure out what your leadership capacity is and and let us help you expand that. And what we've done is sometimes we create a bunch of gifted and talented people, but they don't have the character and integrity Mm -hmm. to sustain that. And so sometimes they'll even get put on platforms, that their integrity is not ready for. Yep. And you can't shortcut character and integrity. The only way to grow and mature in that is time with Jesus. Oh, and you can't on. shortcut it. So how do we help people walk deeply with Jesus and then serve and lead from the overflow of that? And one of the greatest pieces of advice I ever got, Georgia, I was 25, mm. newly married. I was already in ministry leadership at the time. And I had somebody tell me this. They said, hey, Shane, you focus on the depth of your ministry and let the Lord take care of the width and platform of it. And I think as young people, we get that backwards because often we're like, hey, how do I get to that platform? Or how do I get to that stage? Or how do I build this following? Or how do I get this blue check next to my name? And we're trying to build our brand over building the kingdom, right? And so then I think that's where we get in a lot of issues because we don't want more bottle rocket leaders. And what I mean by bottle rocket leaders is like we've all in Georgia, you've probably seen them too. You know them, I do, where they'll shoot up quickly, they shoot high, they sparkle fast, but then they fizzle out just as fast. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Like we got to realize this is a marathon. It's -hmm. not a sprint. So what we do is like, let's help people from day one who feel called to ministry leadership. Let's help them walk deeply with Jesus. Let them focus on the depth of their ministry and let the sovereignty of God worry about the width and platform of it. Because really God doesn't call us to stardom anyway. He calls us to servanthood. Yeah,
0: That's so good. I'm literally like nodding my head every... (laughs) Zero seconds. It's just constant, like (laughs) a bobblehead. Because I I just love that you're touching on this because even the world, like like you said, going into ministry, it's like, okay, take this leadership test and we'll see what the results are. And yeah. And and truly, I kind of feel like that's when when Jesus had that the Sermon on the Mount and He's telling them all these things that are totally opposite to what they were so used to in culture. For us to say, hey, actually, instead of trying to put you on the platform, I want you to go into your closet and close the door and spend some time with the father and mm-hmm. I'll see you in six months. You know what I mean? Just like, yeah. just kind of spend some time because after Jesus was baptized, he went straight into the wilderness. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like, we need to go deep because I want to be a Psalm one girl that is truly yeah. rooted because I yeah. do not want to be shaken by this world because this world is crazy. Like mm-hmm. it is so crazy and we are too much American and not enough church. And I'm done. <laughs> Amen. Like, yeah. Like honestly, yeah. Shane, I'm so done because it's like people like it's gonna make me cry. Like people do not know the real Jesus. Because I even saw like your, your latest reel that you were posting in a, in a sermon that you were preaching on was, you know, just conforming Jesus to our own idol of what (laughs) it should be. And I'm just like, oh, and I just, I just love that you're touching on all this. And so these spiritual practices, these disciplines, I I'm reminded, isn't it Hebrews 12, where it talks about after you know, the the great cloud of witnesses, it talks about, you know, discipline isn't fun for the moment, but right. yeah. discipline is sorrowful, but then it's joyful because it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And so as we can yield this peaceful fruit of righteousness, what are some practices that we should just kind of make a part of our daily life, Even as we enter a new year, if we really want to put our boots to the ground and get some skin in the game of like, I want to run this marathon alongside my brothers and sisters, what are some good spiritual practices you would recommend?
1: Yeah, I think constantly reminding yourself of your salvation, you know. that's uh, good. Yeah, like. No matter how long you've been following Jesus, you do not mature past the gospel. You mature in the gospel because our flesh will make us always run towards workspace. Our flesh will always make us run towards affirmation. Our flesh will always make us run towards comparison. A friend of mine says it like this. It's it's a snare to compare. Mm -hmm. I love that because I think social media makes that worse, right? Mm -hmm. Because we'll go, oh, this person has this platform or this person's doing this. I should have that platform by now or I should be doing this by now to go, no, no, no. Like walk in your salvation to realize that your identity is not in your activity. Your identity is in Christ. Now your identity in Christ often over time, the power of the Holy spirit will change your activity for Christ, but really your hope is in your identity in Christ. All right. You're, you're, you're a human being, not a human doing. All right. Mm -hmm. So be who God has called you to be in Christ. Know your salvation is enough. And then, like, mm-hmm. hey, overflow. Operate mm-hmm. in overflow, not the flow that's over. Meaning, mm-hmm. so many of us are running on empty because we're not spending time with Jesus. And we'll and we're all busy. You know, it was Martin Luther, the great reformer, uh, who has that quote. And it's so true, he goes, I'm so busy today, I must spend my first five hours in prayer. What you know, like yes, that's opposite. Yes, yes, yes. You know what I mean? It's like like The more busy we are, the more time we should be spending with Jesus. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I think at the end of the day, we're probably not as busy as we think we are. I mean, you know, even when it comes to time in the word, what if we read one scripture verse for every social media post we read every day? How fast we get through the Bible? You know what I mean? So I think a lot of times we're not as busy as we think we are. We just waste our time on lesser things. So like there's no shortcutting this. You got to spend time in the word. Spend time in prayer, spend time in solitude. I think John Mark Comer's book, you know, was so helpful to me, just in even the nugget of the difference between isolation and solitude was so helpful for me, you know, like isolation, is unintentional time by yourself, where typically sin grows, right? We're not good at isolation. Um, But he says solitude is different than that. Solitude is intentional time with the Lord where you typically grow spiritually. So is there solitude every day, time with the Lord, scripture reading, prayer? And then I think we have to live out uh, what we're trying to hope to teach others. Um, I think that's so important for us as leaders to go, hey, what you're trying to cultivate in others, Is that the posture of your lifestyle, meaning the people who you are discipling the people you're leading, they'll never do what you're not doing. So you can tell them all the time, share your faith, share your faith. But are you sharing your faith outside the walls of a building? Hmm. Are you sharing your faith off the stage? Uh, are you truly serving your neighbors? Are you being a good neighbor? Are you truly living on mission? Can we really say what Paul said, imitate me as I imitate the Lord? So I think, uh, especially Georgia, your generation, you're looking for leaders like that. I tell people all the time, Gen Z and the alpha generation, they're not looking for cool leaders. They're just looking for real authentic leaders to go, hey, that person's actually living What they're telling me to live, you know.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, with everything at the click of a button, they just want truth. And the only thing that's gonna set them free is the truth of God's word. And so we have to have it inside of us so that we can just be that salt in the light wherever we go. And so, man, I'm just so excited and I'm so grateful for this resource. And this is honestly such a great Christmas present for if someone's listening and they're like, Oh my gosh, like I need this book, like you better text your mom and dad. Just send them the link already. Just, <laughs> just send them the link and then it could be easy for them. Or if they have a friend that they're like, Oh my gosh, this would be an amazing tool to just mm. equip a friend. And so, man, as we just finish our time together, Shane, I would love if you could just pray for my generation and generation alpha. That yeah. would just literally be so powerful.
1: Yeah. Well, Georgia, I'm so excited. Let me just say this. I'm so excited about your generation and the generation coming up after your generation, yeah. you know, um, like our team that I help lead, you know, um, in resourcing your generation and next gen leaders is, of course, we'll ter- we'll throw around the terms Gen Z and alpha generation. But within our team, we refer to y'all as the revival generation.
0: Come on. It's currently a
1: prayer request, but I pray it turn into a reality yes. and we're getting to see sparks of it. And George, I know you're the expert on your generation, like Gen Z, is the <laughs> expert on Gen Z, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But I just want to say, like, in what I've been involved in, I've seen more young adults, college students, and teenagers get flat out saved in the last two years than probably the previous 20 years of ministry combined. Mm -hmm. Because I think one thing the pandemic did, I said, the pandemic doesn't create new problems. It just poured gasoline on the problems we already had, right? And So here's a whole generation now. They realize the world's broken. Mm -hmm. They realize they're broken. They're coming to the end of themselves at a much earlier age. I think that's why depression rates are so high and suicide rates are so high, anxiety so high. But That's where we as the church, we get to slide in with the gospel Mm -hmm. and go, hey, we know you're looking for hope. We know you're looking for truth. We know you're looking for answers. And here's the good news. Hope has a name. Truth has a name. The answer has a name. It's the name above every name, Jesus. So I just want to encourage you, Gen Z, Alpha Generation, stick close to Jesus. Walk with him. And point the world to Jesus because he really is the yeah. hope of the world. Yeah. So I just want to pray for y'all to be a revival generation Come on. and that y'all would influence us in these yes. other generations. Yeah. Oh,
0: awesome. thank you, Shane. Yeah. No, seriously, you're you're so right. Yeah. This gets me so hyped because I I can't go back. Like I've seen too much. I've seen yeah. too many people. Yeah, that's right saved by the power of Jesus. I've seen my own life. You've seen your life. And it's like, I have yeah. to keep going. And it's so That's beautiful. Right. And so I just want to link arms with everybody and be like, let's go. And so, yes, yeah. we, we just yeah. have to to keep going and and just stay close yeah. to him. And so, you know, oh, and I, this is amazing. Said this,
1: yeah. I what? said this the other day is that like, you know, like every generation when they're young in their teens and 20s, they, yeah. they kind of want to rebel, right? They want to rebel mm-hmm. against the social norms. They want to rebel against institutions. Every generation's done that, not just shit. Right. Gen Z, every generation. So I go, hey, what if today, what if the greatest rebellion was to believe Jesus is God, to believe the Bible is authoritative, Come to on. believe that God has a design for marriage and sexuality and gender? Oh yeah, like you think about that. If you truly believe that, you are seen as a re- uh, as a rebel today. Oh for sure. So what if the rebellion of Gen Z was actually to believe the Bible and to live it? You know.
0: I'm I, that put that on a shirt, Rebellion of revi- Revival. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, go. Let's go. Yeah. Yes, awesome. oh, I'm here for all it. Right. Thank you so hey, well, much. Yeah, yeah. let's, pray let's God will do it.
1: Yeah, Father, we thank you. First of all, that we get to call you Father. May we never get over the fact that we get to call the creator of everything Father, Lord. I thank you for Georgia, Lord. How, first of all, she said yes to you. For salvation, but secondly, how she said yes to you to make you known to her generation and the generation coming up after her. Lord, I pray for every listener of this conversation, Lord. God, I pray that you would be with them, that you would remind them daily of your love for them, that you would remind them daily that you are their hope, you are their joy, you are their peace. And God, that you would reveal to us daily that you are truly better than anything the world has to offer. God, would you call Gen Z to be the revival generation? Lord, would you do that for your name, your fame, and your glory? God, I pray sparks of revival would take place all across neighborhoods, across this nation, and across the nations for your name, your fame, and your glory, because you deserve that. We pray that in the name above every name, Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. Well, y'all, Thank you for joining us in this conversation. And just go go follow Shane on all the things. What's your Instagram handle?
1: Yeah, it's just Shane underscore Pruitt, P-R-U-I-T-T 78. So Twitter, Instagram, um, shanepruitt.com. Also, if you go to callingoutthecall.com, uh, you'll see access to the book. But also there's great equipping videos, mentoring guides. We provided everything for you. Just call.com.
0: that's amazing well y'all we will see you next time but shane seriously thank you so much this made my whole day
1: (laughs) hey thank you friend it was a blast
0: well friends thank you so much for joining me in today's conversation isn't shane so cool make sure to give him a follow and i would also love to hear from you if there was something that stuck out to you in this conversation that left you encouraged i would love if you could leave us a five-star review and make sure to subscribe too because wooey 2023 It's going to be the best season of the podcast yet. I don't want to give too much away, but we've got a lot of fun changes coming, and I'm so excited to take you along on this journey. Friends, I'm going to see you next week. But until then, do not forget, there is a song on your heart only you can sing. Your voice is important. Bye.